This podcast is part of the Podcast Arcade Network. Welcome to the You Choose Podcast. We're so glad you're here. Please take a moment, pause this podcast right now, and share it with someone you think would find this podcast interesting. We would really appreciate it. Please go to youchoosepodcast.com. That's the letter U, choosepodcast.com, and find the different ways that you can connect with us and how you can be part of the live event. And without further ado, let's get into the adventure you choose. We are live. Yeah. We are. We are. We almost see the Star Trek Star Trek uh, soundtrack go in the background, but then we get flagged. So <laughs> we would. So they, they can flag us if we play it, but they can't flag us if we sing it. La 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 <laughs> la 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 la. You could do the. Is it the whistle or whatever they did on the original? <laughs> there are actual words to that, by the way. Oh, there are? There are words to that song. I did not um, know that. We can put, we can put the... Uh, the uh, we can get it on YouTube and put it up on the comments for people. Oh, okay. I didn't know I had lyrics. Stay tuned. After this live show, we'll put that up on the uh, Facebook page for people. Yeah. The link. Yeah. The link for the uh, the lyrics version of the Star Trek theme. Nice. That's for the original original Star yeah. Trek. Okay. So if you're paying attention, we're clearly getting into a little bit of a different uh, genre of the Witch Waste style books here. Yes. If you notice, it's a plot your own adventure. Yes. <laughs> and then then the second one is a Witch Way. Oh. Which is a clone. Both of these are clones of the choose your own adventure but they had a ton of different ips that took this concept and ran with it transformers you know, gi joe all sorts of different ones you know and then the thing is you can't really copyright this mechanism right isn't that no. the thing yes so you um, can just rename it and put your stuff in it but we are pivoting. We're not doing the traditional Choose Your Own Adventure books this time, but in the vein or in the spirit of, we're picking two Star Trek books because I know Eddie especially was a big fan of The Next Generation, and we actually did an episode, and maybe I'll put it in the show notes, several years ago, sat down and talked to Eddie about memories of Star Trek and books and movies and TV shows, so I know you were a big fan. We need to do a part two of this. We do. I'm a big fan, but this is where I was surprised. You're a big fan. I, I was more next generation. Yeah. Not the, but I, yeah, but I think you were too. More next oh, generation. Loved it all. Well, and I got to the point, next generation was my like gateway drug. Yeah. Got me yeah. into the Star Treks. And then at once, you know, once you're kind of, you know, watching the new, the series as it comes, you can't watch any old episodes because it's a current show. Yeah. You know? So, the um, my brain just died. Sorry. So then I went backward. Was watching the old shows. So they had like marathons of that. They did. They were all over TBS and USA oh, and all the cable yeah. networks. And then started reading the books, reading the comic books. I mean, if I that was the one comic my mom would let me read. By the way, <laughs> is that funny? And, and, and I still couldn't go into comic book stores because men with mustaches, mustaches. go in there. Yeah. Um. But like at the uh, at the uh, at the grocery store, there was like a little rack of comics, and they had a Star Trek comic book, and she would she would approve that one. She's like, "That's ah, okay, I know what that yeah. is." 
Because there's no there's men no with Satan. mustaches around here. No Satanism in this one. <laughs> Little spinner did you racks, know. Spinner racks don't have men with mustaches nearby, I guess. Exactly. Exactly. Actually, it's a fun fact. Spinner racks repulse men with oh, mustaches. Oh, that's can't. their kryptonite. It is. It is indeed. So, <laughs> like oh, we man. said. Anyway. The the welcome to the You Choose podcast where you choose your own adventure. adventure. Not Lee, not me. We're your humble dungeon masters, if you will, your humble guides on this wacky, crazy adventure. You know, and so we thought let's kind of open it up a little bit and do a little bit of some different books, but with the same, you know, choosing uh, theme. Yes. So you'll still get to decide what happens. It's just it's not the traditional choose your own adventure type book, but it's all in the same vein, like we said. So, so we're gonna start with Star Trek, the distress call, and when we get to a decision, just type your where you want us to go in the chat, and we will do it. There you go. If we have it's a tie, we'll flip a coin. And uh, this is like we said, this is a live show, but now this is also a show that gets rebroadcast as an audio podcast so if you're catching us on that um side of things what you want to do is uh tune into the live show so you can help help steer the uh, steer the adventure exactly uh, we usually do this every other thursday but simply go to youchoose.com you can see our all of our social media contacts there email whatever if you have an idea shoot us an email let us know there's a there book out there that you liked, and it's something you want us to go through, definitely. But um, without further ado, dive into this one. This is based on the Star Trek II, which would be the Wrath of Khan kind of timeline, I guess. Ooh. So, Ed, Eddie, you got to do your best Captain Kirk Khan. Like right now or when it's yes. time? Yes. Khan! <laughs> Buried alive. <laughs> i love that the shatner oh man anyway that's a whole whole separate joke <laughs> he chewed up so much scenery in that in that in that scene so good he was shaking with rage i know shaking and infuriated oh so anyway crazy. so 1982 is when this one came out 1982 so, how old were you lee been eight years old whopping eight you're five, five. <laughs> Oh, it looks like we have some people in the chat. So, yeah, if you just joined us, when we get to decision, just type it in there in the chat and let us know what you want to do or witty comments. We always welcome witty comments. We welcome the witty comments. It's Puns. always a fun time. Puns. Welcome. And uh, if we like your witty comments, you'll win some uh, some You Choose podcast uh, digital currency. Yeah, you can spend it anywhere they take You Choose coins. We can't yep. guarantee the conversion rate. It's all over the place. It changes daily, minute by minute. <laughs> All right. So I'll go ahead and start this one, Eddie, and then you take the, the second decision. Sounds Captain's, good. Captain's Log, star date 8001.4. The USS Enterprise on routine patrol has received a distress call from the vicinity of Varda 3, and we are responding as interplanetary law requires. Admiral James T. Kirk commanding. Mr. Spock. Yes, Captain? The lean, dark science officer turned toward the commander and raised his pointed eyebrows. What do we know of this Varda Three? Kirk asked, knowing that Vulcan that the Vulcan would have received retrieved the information from the ship's computer once the distress call had been received. 
an Earth-type planet with five points of terrain norm. Spock said, It is believed to have been the base for a race of space-traveling humanoids now thought extinct. The call could only have come from an archaeological team from Luna University who are conducting a dig there. Kirk frowned and rubbed his jaw. Pretty far out, aren't they? Not unusual for such research teams, Spock responded. Lieutenant Yuhara, keep trying to raise them, Kirk said. Aye, sir, but their fading call indicated either a power, fa power failure or dot, dot, dot. She hesitated. The dot, dot, dot. Yes. <laughs> or interference. Oh. Kirk thumbed his command intercom. Lieutenant Commander Chekhov to the bridge. In a few moments, the elevator door hissed open, and Pavel Chekhov walked quickly to Kirk's position. Captain, he said briskly. Mr. Chekhov, prepare a team of six security men and a medical assistant for planet fall in. He looked at a clock. Two hours, Kirk looked at Spock. Any precautionary needed? Spock shook his head. No, Captain. At least none are indicated. His eyebrow went up. But I should point out that there must be some reason for the distress call. Kirk nodded and gestured at Chekhov. Go armed and alert and keep in touch. Yes, Captain, the young officer replied. He turned briskly and strode into the elevator and did not smile until the door had closed behind him. Then a happy smile broke across his face. Action, he thought. My own command on an unknown planet. Here's our decision. Ooh, if you here follow, we go. If you follow Chekhov directly to the surface of Varda 3, turn to page 3. If you first reconnoiter, hmm, reconnoiter the planet, turn to page 4. It's recon, basically. Oh, yeah. Recon, yeah, okay, recon. Yeah. yeah. Research the planet. Reconnoiter. Reconnoiter. Uh, hmm. when, you, when, you eat, when you eat too many sugary foods, you get a little <laughs> reconnoiter right here inside yeah. of your neck. I think my uncle had one of those removed. And Al, you know dang well what color shirt we're wearing. We're wearing a red shirt. Oh, yeah. We're all going to be wearing red shirts. <laughs> Every single one of us. Shirts. Except for Chekhov, of course. I love how with Chekhov, they tried to work his accent into the actual I know. spelling. <laughs> just like, what awesome? are you doing? Kipton. Kipton. Kipton with an Kipton. E. Are they going to do this for every word he says? Because he says like Kipton. Wessels and stuff. Like, Are they going to say that too? No. Mark my words. In this whole book, it's only going to be hashtag Kipton. 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 K-E-P. Because we're, we're, we're on the edge. We spell with a K. We don't need no so C we got here. A split, we got a split vote already on the U2's podcast. Oh, boy. Right out of the gate. Right out of the gate. We got a split. Recon. We have equal, equal people saying recon and don't do recon. So we're going to have to flip. Flip it. All right. You choose podcast coin. So do we want to do heads? We... Heads is recon, reconnoiter. Okay. <laughs> reconnoiter. And, and tail is not reconnoiter. Okay. So heads, reconnoiter. It's tails, not reconnoiter. Ooh. Oh, boy. Just going in. We're, we're just going to dive right in. We're not even going to mess around. So that's page I got, three. I got my fresh... I got my red shirt. Sure. I got my red shirt on. It's like, ooh, I just, yeah, they need to do a little dance, like a little uh, Broadway dance with the red shirt. I just cleaned it today. 
like, what can happen in my red shirt? All I'm right, here invinci- we go. It's like, I'm invincible in my red shirt. <laughs> Nothing can I run today. extra fast in my red shirt. All right, All right, so to page three. Page three, yep. Here we go. Chekhov used Spock's life form readings as a target and brought the shuttlecraft directly down toward the crescent of green along one of the many oceans. The security men tumbled from the spacecraft and set up a defensive perimeter. Don't be tumbling out of there. You're professional military men. What are you yeah, doing? Don't tumble. You, you briskly. Hup, hup, hup. They're like doing cartwheels. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're still doing their dance. Like It's like a West Side story. Or, or worse, it's like a it's a bad Russian thing. They're like doing the <laughs> the bear dance. <laughs> like, oh man! Like, what kind of cultural insensitivity is this? Um, the security men tumbled from the spacecraft and set up a defensive perimeter. Starfleet had long ago determined that there was danger in even the most innocent appearing of alien planets, and it prescribed certain precautions. Those precautions are kill everything you see. Yes. <laughs> Shoot first. Set phasers to kill. Set phasers to kill. It's the Kirk logic. Punch. If I can't punch it or kiss it, I don't know what to do with it. The jungle was a tangled web of tubular plants, each fighting for precious water and sunlight. Leaving two men on guard, Chekhov took the rest of the landing party through the jungle toward the spot indicated by the life form readings. They emerged into a man-made clearing and saw the domes of the Terran archaeological team near the sharp angles of the star-shaped buildings they were excavating. Medic Narva Mokhtar pointed out an entrance in in the structure and suggested they investigate. If you decide to go immediately into the star-shaped building, go to page six. If you decide to look around a bit, go to page seven. All right. Listen, listen, we're just storming into things. We got guys tumbling out. We're, we're immediately know? going into buildings. We're not even stopping to ask why anymore. We're, we're not like, gonna. We're not gonna recon anything. We're just going. No wonder we die as red shirts. Like, listen, man, I can barely pronounce reconnoiter. I don't want to do this. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, we got we got two votes for Russian. We got the classic. Al Garrison, go immediately. Rushing in, never killed anyone. <laughs> oh, no. We're already. Oh, Carolyn's well, here. Storming in. Yeah. Carolyn with the with the hot take on the storm in. Yeah. Oh, it's a unanimous choice here tonight. All right. Kim, Kim says, what's the yeah. worst that could happen? I mean, what's why not? Worst? All right. That's, you, uh, that's on you, sir. Page so, six. Page six. Immediately, we tumble in. All right. Oh man, we get them those hats that the Russians have. It goes big like for hat. <laughs> they get in line. All right. Yeah. Chekhov watched with admiration as the lithe, dark-skinned Narva Mokhtar strode ahead, her large, liquid eyes alert. She was from the same Terran nation as his old shipmate Nayota Yurhara, the United of the United States of Africa but not from the same area. She was a good medic, which was why she had cho- he had chosen her from the several Dr. McCoy had suggested. But he also knew he had, she had, in American terminology, a good head on her shoulders. Hmm. They entered the passageway and turned on their lights. Cold stone, ravaged by the ages, formed the corridor. 
It was almost featureless at first, but soon they came upon a mural carved into the stone, then another. The passage slanted down, and they followed it. Chekhov unaccountably felt a quiver of fear. There was something about this long dead temple or building or whatever it was that made him uneasy. Sir, the security man in the lead called out, look at this. Chekhov hurried ahead and what he saw made his eyes widen. In niches built into the ancient wall were nine human beings. They stood erect, their hands at their sides, eyes closed, and they were dressed in worn Luna University jumpsuits. If you want to look around before rescuing the scientist, go to page 14. If you are in a hurry to rescue them first, proceed to page 15. So, there you go. do we look around and then rescue the scientist, or do we rescue them right away? You know, I don't know why we'd bother even looking around at anything at this point. I mean, why, it hasn't <laughs> been our... It hasn't been our mantra yet. I like that. It's like, well, they can wait a little bit. It's okay. Yeah, they're probably dead. They're probably you know? dead anyway. You know. <laughs> why, er, uh, Al Garrison, why wait? Rescue them. Ooh. Never vote killed anybody. <laughs> yeah, another vote for right away from good right old away. Paul. So two. Two for you right know, away. You know, the thing is, we have to establish some rules because we have rules about um, uh, oh, the podcast that is in a small hiatus now right now, but make turning it great again. We have a, a rule with the comic book reading where it's like, if you don't see that person again, mention or see them in the panel, that means they're dead. They're dead. Okay. It means they're dead. It means they're dead. So uh, with so. all, with all of our choose your own adventure books that we've read, we've assumed we're always nine years old. Yes. Most always likely nine. here too. Yes. You know, I don't know. Are, are, are we nine here too? I think so. I think so. <laughs> I think it's safe to assume in every one of these books, we always have a red shirt. Mm-hmm. We always have a red shirt. Well, in, in, in uh, choose your own adventure history too, as a nine-year-old, we are very cruel to the people around us. We yes. desert them. We leave them for dead. Yes. We, so in this case, why, why not look around and you know, let them linger? Why not? Um, uh, I think it'd be even better that in these stories we have a red shirt, but it also says on it in text, "red red shirt." Red shirt. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, I, so I we have basically. The, I went on the USS Enterprise, and all I got was this red shirt. This lousy red shirt. <laughs> so we have uh, basically uh, rescue them right away has yes. won as the as the uh, choice here. So. Proceed to page 15. In a hurry. Page 15. Here we go. We're in a hurry. We are. Yeah, we're in a hurry. Rescue immediately. Me. Immediately we tumble in a hurry. The point man called out to Chekhov that there was something he had to see. Chekhov's light bobbled as he hurried forward. Don't buy a bobbly light. Yeah. And it hurried. We're, we're just in a hurry in this book. I specifically said I don't want a light that bobbles. I want a stationary head. As he hurried her forward, then his light steadied on the same target as, a, as the security man's. Along both walls of the corridor were long, coffin-like niches, and in each roughly hewn niche lay a figure. In the first nine niches were the Luna University team. Then came two Klingons, and opposite, a Romulan. If you know anything about your Star Treks, you gotta wow. be careful for those Klingons and Romulans. Oh yeah, two of the worst. 
Flashing his light along the passage, Chekhov recognized a Delton, two Vulcans, a plant-like Phylon, a Darlin, Argalians, a Thrix, and even some Andorians. We're getting a, Ooh, a menagerie of aliens here. Plethora. Would you say I have a plethora, plethora? of dead <laughs> aliens? <laughs> what is it, sir? A cemetery? The security man asked. Chekhov backhanded him across the face for being so stupid. stupid. <laughs> Narva Maktar ran a sensor along the first body, then another, then hurried across to the Klingon. She turned to Chekhov to report, they're alive, sir, but in some kind of stasis. What? What? What did this? <laughs> See, they Kipton. didn't write that. Kipton! 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 They didn't do this. What did this? Chekhov wondered aloud. Turn to page 47. 47. Yeah, what a... I'll just keep it going here, I guess. Really booking it. Mm. This structure, sir, Mokhtar said. Maybe there is some kind of life here still. Some kind of guardian. Chekhov frowned. We've seen nothing. And it's like an old building. That's all, that's all like Mr. Smithers. <laughs> you do. Order in recorded in human history. I imagine. Pardon me, sir, but that doesn't mean there isn't something still here. Something put all these creatures in stasis. We should do it like Kirk all the time. Something. Something. Put these creatures in stasis. Chekhov nodded. See about getting them transported aboard. Have guards ready for the Klingons and that Romulan. Oh, oh wow. Singled out. A little shady there. I'll look farther along. He left out all the other aliens. Uh, yeah. The plant, the plant one's like, what's up? He's what's like, up? what My about me? Like, yeah. Mokhtar nodded and Chekhov gestured for a security man to accompany him. They flashed their lights over some furry anthropoids he couldn't identify. A single rather battered human in an early spacesuit and a dolphin-like creature in a liquid-filled spacesuit. Were they in the collectors? I, that's <laughs> that what I was thinking. Why does he just keep adding more and more? <laughs> dolphin in here now? What's going a on? Dolphin? Wow. Then there were some empty niches, then just the plain walls. That's it, sir, the security man said. Nothing more. No, Chekhov said. There's more. There's also whatever put these people into stasis. And that dolphin. Because dolphins aren't people. They're my favorite meat. Chekhov? Yeah. No! Come on, Chekhov. Chekhov eats, eats dolphins. Dolphins. <laughs> um, the security man looked nervous. Are we uh, going to look for it, sir? Chekhov smiled faintly. No, we're going to kill it. <laughs> no, no need. It will find us, the security man hailed Chekhov was right they were found oh my turning to page 60 60 oh might want to take this one Lee my page just re reset here oh okay let me get there too it's having us go all over the place okay it came up the dark passage like a great blob of pale blue mush Chekhov Ooh. fired at once his phaser set to stun the security man fired too, but the blue mush rushed over him, enveloping him in its blobby folds. The man screamed, and Chekhov tumbled, thumbed his phaser to kill. The phaser crackled, and the brilliant light dissolving molecules filled the stone corridor. The blush blue mush shrank back, 
dumping the unconscious security man at Chekhov's feet. He fired again and the mush pulled back, but Chekhov could see he had not done any real damage. Chekhov seized the security man's wrist and dragged him roughly along the floor, back toward the niches. The mush began to slowly roll forward. Beam us up, Chekhov hollered. He fired again, then again. In long, energy-devouring spurts, he saw the last of the stasis-bound figures dissolving in the shimmering columns of transporter light, then Narva Mokhtar and the rest of the team. The, blush, the blue mush clogged the passage, flooding forward. Chekhov's phaser fired again, then the red light of the power dissipation lit up. The tug, he tugged at the security man's limp body as the blue mush rushed forward. Chekhov had never been so grateful when, as when he felt the tingling of the transporter beam. Later, he reported to Captain Kirk, Sir, I suggest we leave the Guardian to guard whatever it is it guards. Kirk nodded. It has only one purpose and does that well, without seriously harming anyone for long. Yes, Mr. Chekhov, I agree. Mr. Sulu, set course for Starbase 6. The archaeologist will want a rest. He turned with a smile to Chekhov. And how do you feel, mister? Chekhov managed a smile. I I don't think I'll be eating mush for breakfast for a while, Captain. The end. Mmm. <laughs> <laughs> blue mush. <laughs> Hashtag blue mush rush. Mush rush. Oh, man. Well, we didn't die. No, we didn't die, but we didn't really have a very successful uh, away team. Didn't we lose a guy? Yeah, I think so, because the security man, yeah, the security man, Blue Mush rushed over him. Yeah, I don't think, well, maybe we did. Yeah, I think we pulled him. Uh, the Blue Mush shrank back, dumping the unconscious security man at Chekhov's feet. He fired again. Yeah, okay, so Chekhov seized the security man's wrist and dragged him roughly along the floor back toward the niches. So I think, yeah, he got him beamed up. So he was saved. Okay, yeah, he good. was saved. So we didn't but lose Chekhov any red shirts. Didn't leave him for dead. We didn't lose anybody. We didn't lose anybody. Kipton. got a guy get knocked out. He called him Kipton a bunch. Kipton. And, uh, yeah. And we didn't really, we maybe lost a little bit of our career Yeah. back there. Well, don't you like the little bit of comedy you have to put at the end of all these? I guess I won't be eating mush. Anytime soon. <laughs> it's the 27th century. Why are you eating mush at all? Blue mush. <laughs> yeah. I guess he just said eating mush. Okay. Well, anyway. Looks like we're eating mush for breakfast anytime soon. Who who eats mush for breakfast? Do you know who eats mush for breakfast still? Who's that? Al, Al Garrison. Al Garrison. Al yep. Garrison still eats mush. Yep. yep. <laughs> oh, man. That's probably Lenny Vernon's favorite dish. Yeah. Served it's mush cold. With, mush with whiskey. Mush with whiskey. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Man. I do like the Star Trek blue oatmeal. Yeah. Versus blue milk. What's wrong with the galaxy? <laughs> blue. blue. Blue milk. It's the new. It's the new. It's the new red. Breakfast. It's new red. Part of this um, good breakfast or whatever they call it. <laughs> so that is our first dive right into the uh, Star Trek, which uh, Star Trek plot your own adventure now we're on to the which ways which way books. look at that cover art i know look at, look that, at, cover that. Art. Look at that dapper captain hashtag dapper captain absolute dapper captain Spock. um 
man. Oh, this was Blast done by. Off to a, oh. This is why it was done by Boris. Really? He did all those Conan covers. Oh yeah, yeah. The same guy. Yeah. Look at that. Look at that starship, though, man. It looks so good. I know. I don't, oh, I don't care who wow. you are. That's a good looking ship. It is. Blast off to amazing new adventures on the Starship Enterprise. All right. Starting off with Mr. Spock is under attack. So here's all the different books. They did a lot of IPs. Uh, Let's see. Here's another Star Trek. Yep. So anyway, Sugarcane Island. Oh, okay. So they did did a remake of Sugarcane Island. Interesting. Also, these all these which ways, all of these aren't Star Trek necessarily. No, no, they're just just random stories. Some of them are different IPs. So, yeah. Monster Express. Yeah, this anyway. is a uh, n- number five. Number five is uh, my experience of moving to uh, Nebraska. Lost in a strange land. Lost, lost in a strange <laughs> land. Oh man, that's so, Eddie. I guess I'll kick this one off here. Uh, let's see here. This was published in 1986. Yes, so this is a little Eight. later. Yeah, so you were what, like nine? That uh, would have been ten. Yeah. Oh no, uh, eighty-six, no. twelve, twelve. You'd have been twelve. Yeah, you'd have been twelve. I would have been uh, nine. Yeah. Nine. So you're nine, just like the character in this book. I literally. Plus, I had a correspondence course in phaser fights. So that's weird. Oh yeah. Oh here, yeah. Al got the name. I couldn't think of the guy's last name. Boris Vejo. I'm probably slaughtering. There you go. There you go. I'm sure Al can. Oh, there you go. Yeah, Vallejo. Vallejo. So here we go. I'm going to kick this one off here. You are a young Federation ensign, which we, we could assume nine years old. Nine years old. Who has shown a great deal of promise. You have a deep interest in science and medicine, as well as a love of action. I don't know what that means. Wow. <laughs> and finally, you've gotten. You're nine years old, and you've been divorced twice. <laughs> already uh, i hate paying child support and <laughs> smoking a cigarette ah let me tell you something about life um <laughs> you have a deep interest in science and medicine as well as a love of action and finally you've gotten your wish you've been beamed aboard the enterprise in order to receive special training by the crew of the most famous starship in the fleet you're terribly excited and nervous as you introduce yourself to captain kirk mr spock and dr mccoy the three coolest people on the planet or in the universe. The, the captain smiles at you, trying to put you at ease. Starfleet command must think a great deal of you. He says, because you're nine. nine. <laughs> and I'm sure I speak for my fellow officers. When I say that we're all very pleased to be part of your education. I just hope I don't get in in anyone's way. You answer modest, modestly. Dr. McCoy punches you in the stomach and says, I hate fake modesty. <laughs> I hate kids <laughs> and modesty. <laughs> Splashes you in the face with a glass of bourbon. <laughs> I'm sure you'll be a great help around here, says Dr. McCoy. I don't often agree with the good doctor, admits Mr. Spock, because he's a, he's a jerk. Uh, but in this case, I must concur. It is good to have you aboard. You are enormously relieved with the warm reception you've received. But now Kirk asks which one of the three of them you want to be assigned to first. Ooh. The Holy Trinity. We got to pick one. Father, Son, or Holy Ghost. You got to pick. <laughs> three choices, not just two. Whom shall you choose? Will it be Captain Kirk, Mr. Spock, or Dr. McCoy? All right, everyone. Here's the, the part of the most fun wow. choice you'll ever make. Do you choose Captain Kirk 
page nine. Choose Mr. Spock, the logical page 12. And the turn to choose Dr. McCoy, the fiery page 16. The bitter Dr. McCoy. <laughs> angry. Angry all the time. I mean, um, you too. Yeah. So you got three of the coolest Star Trek characters ever, and you have to decide. <laughs> yeah, you got you got to go Al, who's McCoy. Yep. Who is Doctor McCoy <laughs> in real life? Go with McCoy. Doctor McCoy is Al. Is Al's spirit animal? We have a vote for Kirk. We've got two votes for McCoy. McCoy, one for Kirk. I think it's yeah. probably going to be McCoy. Wow. For more votes. Votes. We'll see votes. Votes. We'll see here. So McCoy would be 16 if that's what it ends up going. Go with the, the we'll bitter, another, angry old man. You kids, get off my lawn. <laughs> I know. If if you want lots of lots of harumphing, go follow McCoy. <laughs> oh man! I well, close this out. Looks like McCoy has it. Going to be McCoy has the votes. That's page 16. Just call us a McCoy boy. Here we go. All right. Look so, at that. Go back to page 15 real quick. Look at McCoy. Oh. McCoy pondering his own existence right there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what have I done with my life? Can you pat your head and rub your tummy at the same time? Ooh, yeah, can you? <laughs> That's his first test for Mr. McCoy, Dr. McCoy. Get out of my face. You can't do that. <laughs> can't do that, kid. Get out. Get out. I took a correspondence course in patting my stomach and my head at the same time. <laughs> I took a I took a correspondence course in tummy pats and head pat tummy rubs and head pats, head pats, but I can't do both. Can't come on. So you want to see how an old country doctor does his job? McCoy asks gruffly as he leads you to sickbay. Before you can answer, he says, "You'll find that there isn't too much to learn because everybody on board the Enterprise is in peak physical condition." Wow. Frankly, he admits, being a doctor on this ship can be awfully boring sometimes. <laughs> so but, sometimes I break my own fingers. <laughs> so I, just so I can so I can splint them back. <laughs> just so I can heal something. <laughs> just so I can work. <laughs> I can't do anything. But when you reach sick bay, both you and Dr. McCoy, especially Dr. McCoy, are astonished to see a long line of horribly ill crew members waiting for help. Turn to page 22. Which way will we go? It's an epidemic, cries McCoy. Later, as Bones conducts medical tests, you see wrinkles and beards begin to form on faces of the sick crew members. Dr. McCoy, you exclaim, I know what's wrong. Bones turns around and sees you. He suddenly looks older, too. Everyone is aging at an incredible speed, you declare, including you. The ship's doctor nods grimly, and then he points and says, You've caught the disease yourself. You look twice your age. You look like you're 18 now. This escalated quickly. Yeah. We've all got it. According to my calculations, if we don't find a cure soon, we're all going to die of old age within the next two hours. Only two hours? You'd better read fast. Hurry to page 31. Oh, I love that. That's awesome. That's that. I like that. I like that they put a little comment in there at the bottom. It's nice. Yeah. That, that's cool. I like that. That's an awesome idea. You got that their aging disease. Hurry up. The button. <laughs> Dr. McCoy runs blood samples from the aging crew through the ship's computer. According to my readout, he announces, I think I can make a serum. But after he fixes up a test tube full of dark, bubbly liquid, he thinks he might have left out an important ingredient. Time is running short. The crew is now 20 years older than they were just an hour ago. 
you've got to make decisions. For the sake of speed, should you volunteer to test the serum on yourself, the result could be fatal. Or should you take the more cautious route and recommend that Bones try making another batch and hope that it won't take too long? So here's the choices, everybody. If you take the test serum on yourself, turn to page 51. If you think Bones should try to make a new serum, turn to page 57. So do we try it on ourselves, or do we wait and see if Bones can get another one? Every good scientist. I can't. Let's see. (laughs) Yes, right out of the gate, we have a vote from Al. That does not surprise me. Volunteer. (laughs) Yep. Be a scientific guinea pig. Never killed anybody being a guinea pig. Yep. Oh, <laughs> guinea pig time. <laughs> my watch. My watch is saying it's guinea pig time. It's guinea what pig time 30. Is it? It's, yeah, it's eight. Yeah, guinea pig 30. <laughs> uh, so right. I guess I think we're going to be the guinea pig. So we're going to test it on ourselves because Al said yep. that, you know, testing strange liquid on yourself never killed anybody. Never killed anybody. Ever. Not once. So page 51, here we go. 51. Dr. McCoy is about to take a swallow. By the way, I love our I love our really patchy facial hair we got coming oh, in here. Oh yeah. <laughs> Look at that. That's a this is probably the worst illustration I've ever had to see. <laughs> oh wow, that looks scary. <laughs> this this wins the You Choose Podcast Award for worst illustration ever. It's like a, a 13 year old trying to go a mustache, or I don't in know. Fact, I'm going to screen grab. I'm going to screen grab the uh, Facebook page as well. <laughs> I'll put this in the show notes because you've got to see it. <laughs> it's the worst. It's the worst illustration ever. Doctor McCoy is about to take a swallow from the test tube. When you grab it out of his hand, you're too important to risk uh, poisoning yourself. You signed a contract for two more seasons. <laughs> <laughs> you can't die. <laughs> If this formula doesn't work, you got to be alive to make another. And with that, you take a big mouthful of the bubbling dark liquid and force it down your throat. As bad as it tastes, it makes you feel a little bit psych. It makes you feel worse. You start to sweat, your tongue swells, and you can hardly breathe. And then you suddenly collapse in a heap. If If you have the nerve... Turn to page 63. Here we go. Our book is taunting us. Our book is making fun of us. 63. As you lie unconscious on the floor, your mind is filled with a vivid image. In a sky full of swirling stars, you see a huge green hand reach out to crush the Enterprise. The The picture you see seems remarkably real. You hear a voice in your brain saying the disease must be destroyed and anyone infected by it must also die before it can spread. That's the theme of COVID last year, by the way. (laughs) 2020. 2020. Hashtag 2020. You might be having a simple nightmare or you might be getting a glimpse into the future. What do you think it is? Now, here's a little Mm. spoiler, kids. If you've watched Star Trek at all, if you've wasted a second of your, not wasted, if you wisely spent a second in your life watching this treasure of a show, you'll know the answer to this. Uh-huh. If you think if you think you're simply dreaming, turn to page seventy eight. If you think this is a glimpse into the future, turn to page eighty five. 
Ooh, if you dare. Yeah. Is it a dream? Is this the real life? life. Is this or just fantasy? Star Trek fantasy. Caught in a Spock slide. <laughs> no escape from Escapes. McCoy. <laughs> escape from McCoy and Chekhov. McCoy. Captain. Captain. Oh, so, so Kim says it's just a dream. And then we have glimpse, one vote for dream, one vote for glimpse into the future. Ooh, let's see if we can get Those a... Hallucinations never killed anybody. That's true. That's true. No one's ever died from a hallucination. <laughs> I'll tell you what's not a hallucination is the fabulous people at Oh My Comics and the uh, Lenny Vernon badass trucker. And uh, I'll just say this tonight and for the podcast, be sure to check out uh, those guys and what they have going on. Yeah. And uh, they're going to be at a, um, I am going to mess this up, a comic convention next week. And go to Omug Comics' social medias and see what they're up to. Check them out. You'll love it. Oh, Carolyn. Hallucinations from making out with an alien. <laughs> yeah, so Kurt's got, made out with a lot of aliens. So we got, I'm assuming um, Carolyn's going with the, the dream. Dream, maybe. Yep, dream weaver. All right, so I think we're weaving some dreams because got votes for all hallucinations. Oh, oh no, she said glimpse. Oh, sorry, glimpse. We have two glimpses. Oh, all right, okay, never mind. Eighty-five. The future. This is eighty-five. So we're going to the future. We're already in the future. We're going further more the future. <laughs> more future. More future. Future. How much future? More future. We need more future. Uh, we're going to plaid. That's how far in the future we're, we're going. going. Sure, we're We've gone plaid. We've gone plaid. All right. The image is so real, so vivid, that you fight to wake yourself up. What is it? Dr. McCoy asks worriedly as you stagger off your sick bay bed. Danger, you mutter, positive that your nightmare is about to take place. You call Captain Kirk on the ship's communication system. Put up the ship's protective shields, you insist. Hurry. Dr. McCoy is flabbergasted. He thinks you've gone insane. Meanwhile... You sound so sure of yourself that the captain gambles that you know what you're talking about. He but, sounds so crazy. It must be true. It just must be true. <laughs> but do you really know what you're talking about or have you gone totally nuts? Find out on page 17. They're going to make us go Ooh. way back. Page 17. Find out if this nine-year-old kid. Well, actually, now we're like 29, I think. so. 29. We've gone through puberty, you know, we're, we're married now, <laughs> we're divorced. <laughs> right, we, we, we've really been through some stuff. Okay, page 17. A few seconds later, out of the darkness of space, a huge green hand surges forward at warp speed. Oh. The arm to which the hand is connected is so long that the body on the other end is in another galaxy too far away to see. That's a long you were. Yeah, this is crazy. You were right. The serum, serum you drank somehow connected your mind to the alien life form that's now attacking the ship. But is the Enterprise with its quickly aging crew strong enough to withstand this new onslaught? With your not-so-green hand, turn to page 32. A little, little humor in there. Oh, yeah. On to page 32. And the answer is no, because we all know that, yeah. That uh, once you're older than uh, 45, you lack the strength to do anything useful. Of course. Thanks to your warning, the shield stopped the monstrous green hand from crushing the Enterprise. 
But then, in your brain, you hear a deafening rattle of the alien's voice. Only I can defeat this disease, says the alien. My species has a lifetime of 500 million of your years. Though I am dying just like you, I will last long enough to destroy every last microbe of this horrible sickness. Then sadly, the alien adds, I'm sorry, but because the disease festers in your bodies, you and your kind must also be destroyed along with it. If you thought you were in trouble before, it's nothing compared to the mess you're in now. You Turn just to made page it worse. We just made it worse. Turn to page 52 and good luck. So 52. Look, it's full of some sass. I know. We get taunted. It's like sassy. All right. All right. 52. Here's the choices. So hang on. If only we had a little more time, you think to yourself. You're stunned when the alien says, a voice? I haven't heard a sound since all my people died of this dread disease. I'm the last one left. But who are you? I'm an ensign on the Starship Enterprise, you reply in your thoughts. Something in Dr. McCoy's serum has given you a mental link to the alien. You've got to use your... Exactly. You've got to use your ability to communicate with this creature to save the Enterprise and its crew. But how? Should you try to stall the alien long enough for Dr. McCoy to make a new serum? Or, if you don't think you can keep it at bay, should you try to trick the alien so that the Enterprise can make a run for it? So do we stall? We go to page 67. If we trick the alien, turn to page 76. This is a little confusing, Eddie. (laughs) I won't lie. Al just said... Al just commented in the chat, I'm confused. And it's a little confusing. It is a little first, confusing. First, first, we're all aging like crazy. Now we're having space hallucinations talking to the green hand. And, and uh, yeah, it's just all over the map now. Yeah, this is weird. But, hey, One <laughs> that's part of the fun. <laughs> so Kim says, yep. Kim says, stall. Al says, trick. Carolyn says stall. So I think we're yeah. stalling. Stall for stall more time. Stall the alien. Stall the Which alien. always worked. Stalling the alien never killed anyone. Yeah, yeah. Stalling an alien never killed anyone. Go to page 67. That's what they learned. The only, I was first in stalling at correspondence school. The only way to stop the disease is to kill the carriers, announces the alien. It's for the good of all living creatures that I must condemn you to death. That's like the lyrics of a Megadeth song. <laughs> Condemn you to death. It starts to pound on the shields of the Enterprise. With its fist. Wait, you cry. How long have you been fighting this disease? The alien stops to consider. Well, now that that's a tough now that's a tough one, says the alien. It's been, let me see, just slightly over 31 million years, give or take a few dozen centuries. 31 million years, you repeat. And you can't give us a lousy half an hour? Now, now is that fair? Hmm, ponders the alien. I suppose you have a point. <laughs> oh, we, we, attend, we attended negotiating with alien um, correspondence school. Yes. You convinced the alien to give you 30 more minutes. But will you have a cure that soon? You ask Bones, who replies, we'll try. What have we got to lose? 29 more minutes, dude. Get at it. Chop, chop. It's a race against the clock in more ways than one. But suddenly Bones, 
who is now roughly 90 years old. He's dying. Leave him alone, man. Begins to lose his memory. I've made the formula, he says helplessly, but I can't remember if I'm supposed to heat it or cool it. Oh, no. This is where we're at. He's like, I got all this ice, but I also have this stove. I don't know which one to use. It's up to you. Heat or cool. And there's only one minute left. If you choose to heat the serum, go to page 110. If you choose to cool the serum, 118. Do you want it hot, hot, hot? Or do you want it cold as ice? Cold as ice. Poor Bones. Cold as ice. Poor Bones. He's 90. All he wants to do is eat mashed potatoes and watch Matlock reruns. (laughs) Sacrifice my starship. Yeah, he wants him. <laughs> he's watching Matlock. He's like, I want to watch The Price is Right and suck on Werther's <laughs> Originals. Oh, man. Oh, okay. So, got a vote for, vote heat for Up. Heat. And Al says, cool it. Cool as the other side of the pillow. Oh, yeah. You got to have that cool side. You got to have that cool side. Al, Al looks forward to the other side of the pillow. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, we're so split. We got- once again, split again. Oh boy! We'll see if we can't get a vote split here in another few seconds, or we'll have to flip the the old. Oh, we got it! Came in Maryland. hot. Cool. So we're cooling cool. it down. We're going to one eighteen, man. We are all over this book. This book is just. We are just <laughs> Kim, bonkers. Kim's not bonkers. having. Come on, Kim. Uh, all right, one eighteen. Oh, boy. Rushing as fast as you can, you race toward the microwave freezer with the vial of serum. (laughs) But you're in such a hurry that you slip, and the vial goes flying out of your hand, smashing on the floor. The next thing that smashes is the Enterprise. Your time is up in every way. The end. Man. That was a confusing adventure. (laughs) It was. Man, talk about being smashed by a giant alien. With a hand. Yeah. Yeah. That's not even a metaphor. An old like, green how hand. How are you guys feeling? Oh, man, I had a rough night. I have the, I have the feeling of I, I aged uh, 20 years on five seconds, and then I got smashed by a giant green alien hand on my starship. Like, really? Oh, yeah, that cool. really happened. <laughs> oh, it's a rough, it's a rough, th- rough Thursday, huh? <laughs> yeah. That's a, that's a Tuesday for yeah. this guy. Al yeah. says, huh, never saw that coming. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we slip and Al- fall. So we have this discussion with this ancient alien and talking to give us more time, but we slip and fall with the vial. Right. Right. And, <laughs> and, I, and I do like Carolyn's point. We could have slipped and, uh, and died running to a regular microwave. It didn't have to just be a microwave freezer. Yeah. Microwave freezer. Get on that one, Elon Musk. Oh, Kim's like, hey, Carolyn. <laughs> hashtag Al will always kill us. Yeah. That's not just a hashtag. That's actually the uh, Garrison family uh, motto. Yes, it's <laughs> above the above the fireplace at the Garrison motto. Above the Al mantle. Will always kill it. Alice always kills. Al, Al always kills us. Al will always kill us. Yeah, or Al. Yep. <laughs> Man, well, that was fun. That, that was a that was a fun foray into a new uh, new uh, book frontier. series. New frontier. New frontier. You know, to seek out new books and new adventures. <laughs> to boldly go where no podcasters have gone before. <laughs> oh man, that was fun. Yeah, it's this is totally bonkers. So I can't wait. We'll do it again here in a couple of weeks and we'll we'll give it another try and 
see if we get well, smashed we, by a green alien. We're going to wrap this up, Eddie, and we're going to beam, beam up and be done. <laughs> but as we always like to say, what is it? You go choose your adventure. Yes. <laughs> go, go boldly in that direction of turning to page 81. <laughs> That's right. Well, thank you, everybody is in the chat. And thank you for whoever's listening to this later. You know, check us out at youchoose.com and keep in touch with us. And we'll be signing off. All, All right. right. Take care, everyone. Have a good one. Thanks. We'll see you. Bye. Thank you for listening. It means a lot that you took the time to hear what we have to say. Please go to youchoosepodcast.com for all the different ways you can connect with us and how you can be part of the live event. And until next time, you choose the adventure.